I just gave everything to the Lord. And then the person praying over me held my head in, in her hands and said, Jesus said, yes, you are completely healed. And I just started crying because I felt that, but she really said it to me. Welcome to the Extraordinary Lives Podcast, where we talk about lives that go beyond the ordinary to the extraordinary, with the extra being Jesus. We'll be encouraged with amazing stories and helpful insights from the lives of ordinary people who have that extra, that supernatural difference that only Jesus can give. I'm your host, Ellen Bennett. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. I am thrilled to welcome Kathy Kugler to the show. We first met because we became neighbors in 1992. That was before I had kids. She was actually present at the birth of Matt and Haley to help me get through that birth. Yes. <laughs> and she now has 10 children, and we will hear all about that. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Well, Kathy, I've always loved your faith in God, and I'm so excited to hear about how he's impacted your life and the difference that he's made. Let's get started. Where did you grow up? And tell us a little bit about your family. Well, I was born and raised in Oxnard, California, so I've lived in Southern California my whole life. My family was very faith-filled. There were five kids in the family, and we prayed together every night. We went to church every Sunday. I was given the gift of faith from the day I was born, which was beautiful. But then, you know, you go to college and you're really on your own to embrace your faith. Mm-hmm. And as a freshman, I met this guy who was an atheist. Well, that was the first time I ever met an atheist. And he put weird thoughts in my mind. And I think that happens to a lot of college students yes. when they go away and they don't have the safety net of their home and their family anymore, and even the friends they've grown up with. So anyway, I started questioning if there was a God, and that led me to talk to my older brother about it, and he's always been like a spiritual counselor to me. And he told me the one prayer you should say every day is, God, if you're there, let me know you. So I started to do that, and you know, lo and behold, I found God again. That was really when my journey with Jesus started, I wow. think, because then I, I let him in. I gave up mm-hmm. my free will, and every day I just say that prayer. And boy, when you ask Jesus to come in, he never lets you down. He definitely does. That. Yeah. So anyway, through college, I met my husband, and we got married in 1979. I got two teaching credentials, one in special ed and a master's in educational psychology. And then, as you said, we have 10 children, and... <laughs> That people go, was that planned? I said, well, we didn't necessarily plan it. I wanted like four or five, and my husband <laughs> only has one sister. So he wow. thought we'd have two or three. But as we had more children, especially after the fourth, we decided God gave us these beautiful gifts. You know, wonder how many he wants to give us. And we just didn't use any birth control at that point. And then for five years, I didn't get pregnant, which was quite a surprise. Wow. But it was like God was showing me and my husband that we weren't totally in control. We're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, now we'll have as many as God wants to give us. And all of a sudden, nothing was happening. We had two boys, two girls. And I kept thinking, wow, you really are in charge, aren't you, Lord? So then after the five years, we had six more. And he did show us that he wanted us to have more children. We tried different educational things with our kids as they were growing up. I wanted to share that because, you yes. know, homeschool is a big thing now. And we tried first private school, then homeschool. We tried some public school, charter schools. A couple of our kids even went to boarding schools. So we kind of tried them all out. And each child, we kind of 
individually chose what they wanted to do. Some homeschooled mm-hmm. for a while, then they wanted to go back to school for the dances and things like yes. that. And then they'd come back home and say, I can learn so much better on my own independently. <laughs> it was quite an interesting journey. So those 10 children, we have two doctors now, a teacher, a commercial real estate broker, a director of religious education, computer software engineer, a mechanical engineer, and the three youngest are still in school. Our youngest is a junior in college. We did raise our children with faith. My husband and I both felt that it was really important to put God first, and I think that's had a big impact on our kids. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Like I your love kids. your kids. Well, look at oh. your kids. You know, can you imagine not raising them with Christ? No. In this crazy world, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. So let's give everybody a shout out. You're married to Peter. And then in order, what are their names? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You want the birth dates? (laughs) (laughs) So there's Jared and Christopher, Jessica, Sarah, Peter, Derek, Jenna, Tommy, Jimmy, and Anna. Yay. So there's a 21-year span between the oldest and the youngest. People always want to know how far apart are they. And the last six came pretty quickly because we had to set of twins. Yes. And it seemed like a lot of times the older kids helped out with the younger kids. And it just seemed like a very joyful home. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I think a lot of that came from homeschooling and also our faith. That mm-hmm. there's a purpose to our lives. And God as the center makes you feel like you want to be Christ-like and treat each other like Christ says to. He's in each of those people. Yes. So, yeah, our kids help take care of each other a lot. We buddied them up. The older boys would take the younger boys in the shower, and they were in charge of the shower, getting their pajamas, getting them ready, saying their prayers. You know, just everything was their duty. And, I mean, they really loved it. As a matter of fact, all of yeah. our kids want to have a lot of kids. We have 15 grandkids now. Wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, looking forward to a lot more. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, and I need to give a shout out. Okay. We are expecting our first grandson. Yay. Thank you, Matt and Elizabeth, in February. Yeah, so. that's so exciting. Yes, it Change is. your life forever. Yes, <laughs> yes. I believe very strongly in miracles because I've had many happen in my life. And I think everybody does. I really do. You think of a miracle as, oh, you're going to be zapped with something. But it's just the little miracles of driving down the road and you just barely had an accident. And I think if we open our eyes to that, we can see so many more things that where Jesus is taking a major part in our lives, but we don't notice it because we're so busy and, you know, just take things for granted, really. That's right. Yeah. And just to insert, too, that it's an interactive relationship. Absolutely. And we get to yeah. see him at work. That's right. Well, yeah. I'm excited to hear about some of these miracles. Okay. Well, the big one that I want to focus on is uh, my whole life I was healthy. And then in 2009, I started having severe abdominal pain and a lot of complications. I was in and out of the hospital a lot. And the doctors found that I had Crohn's disease. I suffered a great deal from that. Mm. And I even had to, in 2010, I had to have a major surgery for that. But it didn't help much. So I had to have iron infusions. I had to have numerous blood transfusions over the years. I had to do infusions of Remicade and then shots of Humira. People who have health issues, they'll understand Mm -hmm. how difficult it is to constantly be going to the hospital and... It was hard because I was being pulled out of my house yes. with all these kids. Yes. But I'm telling you, God 
always took care of those situations. My husband could either get off work or a friend or a relative would come in and take care of him. I mean, sometimes I was in the hospital for two or three weeks at a time, but they're God's kids first. I mean, I would just say, Lord, they're yours. I don't own them. You know, you gave them to me as a gift passing through my life. So he really did come through. But anyway, I had the Crohn's disease. That was for several years. I had that going on. And then 2011, I noticed that my vision was changing and I would look at the TV and half of it was not there. It was just blank or black. Mm. And I told my husband, something's really weird. It's like, I can't see a whole picture. I only see the middle of it, like a tunnel vision. And I'd look at a book and the same thing. I'd close one eye and one side was blank and I'd close the other side and the other side was blank. So I went to the doctor, the ophthalmologist, neuro-ophthalmologist, and they did a visual field study and I had lost all of my peripheral vision all the way around and that was quite scary. So then they said I had to have a brain MRI and that's when they found that I had a brain tumor in the center of my brain. Mm. Yeah, it was very, very scary. Yes. Uh, talk about praying. <laughs> mm-hmm. You really, you know, those kinds of things that happen to you or someone in your family, someone you love, it makes a lot of people turn to God, which is very yes. good because that's his chance to shine. Yes, right? true. <laughs> So anyway, they found that I had a tumor pressing on the optic nerve and it was making it bowed like a rainbow. And they said if I didn't have brain surgery right away, I would go blind. So of course we scheduled that and that was February of 2011. They couldn't get the whole tumor out because it was wrapped around the carotid artery in the center of the brain. Mm And I just remember before the surgery, I was terrified. And I even asked the doctor the week before, could you give me something to calm me down? Because I don't think I can even get in the car to come in for the brain surgery. Because they said during the brain surgery, I could go blind, I could have a stroke, I could wake up and have to go to rehab. I could have, you know, major complications. And the doctor said, no, I can't give you any medication before you, you know, Mm -hmm. have the, the surgery. So I just prayed and prayed and surrendered it to the Lord. And this was my first little miracle that was quite obvious to me. I woke up the next morning with my suitcase and everything, and I was as calm as could be. Wow. You know, that peace beyond all understanding. Oh my gosh, I felt like I was getting ready to go to Hawaii. I was just so (laughs) happy and calm. And it wasn't just, I was numb or anything. I, I just felt like there was nothing to worry about. Wow. And even the doctors and nurses when I got to the hospital couldn't believe that I was so ready for this. And I saw that that was really the Holy Spirit holding me up and giving me confidence and that I was in the best hands ever. You know, Mm -hmm. I was going to be fine. So anyway, they couldn't get the whole tumor out. I had to have gamma knife surgery four months later where they do mega radiation into your brain through these tiny little pinholes in this metal cap. And then every six months thereafter, I had to go in and have a brain MRI to just check on the, on the tumor. And unfortunately, it was growing back and it kept growing every year. It was getting bigger for the next six years to the point that they said, okay, you're going to have to have surgery again. You know, I was, you know, I was still going through the Crohn's and hospitalizations. I still had all the kids to raise. I just felt overwhelmed and despondent, just so upset. So I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and I started feeling like if we ask we'll receive if we seek we'll find if we knock the door will be opened and I just started claiming that I thought you know Christ said that and I'm gonna hold on to that because he told us if we have faith he can move mountains if we have faith he can do anything well how do we have faith you can't make yourself have faith you ask God to give you that gift Mm, of faith that's great yeah 
just like you can't make yourself love someone that's also a gift yes yeah so I just prayed and prayed and um, lo and behold I heard about a healing service that was in Encinitas and I thought this is it God's gonna give me my miracle so I went to the healing service and they laid hands on me and prayed for me and I felt this warmth and joy and just uh, again this feeling of uh, like an ecstasy in Christ of just, you know, that I have nothing to worry about. If I were to die that day, I was just fine with it. So I just gave everything to the Lord. And then the person praying over me held my head in, in her hands and said, Jesus said, yes, you are completely healed. Oh, wow. And I just started crying because mm -hmm. I felt that, yeah. but she really said it to me. Wow. Yeah. So 10 days later, I had the brain MRI because, you know, they were trying to schedule surgery. And the neurosurgeon came in, and my husband was sitting there, and he had an associate with him, and he, they just go, okay, this is unbelievable. And he put up on the screen, he says, your tumor has completely disappeared. Wow. At this time, it was about the size of a, of a golf ball. It had just been tiny at first, and mm -hmm. it kept growing, and was wrapped around the two arteries in the brain, so it had gotten very dangerous, but it was gone. And he put up on the screen the previous MRI that showed it really large, and he said, uh, it's gone. I just started screaming, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> I started yelling, I'm so excited. And we have proof of that. I have that yes. documented proof that yes. it was there and all those years growing, growing and measured and measured. And then all of a sudden it was just gone. Wow. So, you know, of course, we called all our kids right away. They're like, are you sure? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, everyone has doubts, even mm -hmm. when you see it yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that was such a wonderful miracle. And then the other part of that miracle is that for several months, I wasn't going in the hospital. I just all of a sudden wasn't having intestinal pain or bleeding or anything. I felt healthy. I felt so great. And I said to Peter, I'm not having any symptoms. I'm not, you know, having to go to the hospital or you rush me to the emergency room and with obstructions. And that went on and on. And I said, you know what? I was completely healed of Crohn's at that same wow. moment. And since then, I've had no symptoms. I haven't been hospitalized since then. That just ended right then and there as well. So that was April 22nd, 2017. That miracle happened. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. So I exciting. thank him every day. I feel like I don't thank him enough because I take <laughs> things for granted. Yeah. Well, you know, miracles are always happening. We just don't seem to notice them. I mean, since these big ones happened for me, it really opened my eyes to start looking for the miracles that happen to me, for me, and to those I love. We just need to notice them. We need to take the time to look at what God does for us. And a lot of times there's a coincidence and we go, oh my gosh, how did right. that happen? You know? And if we stop and think about it, it's not a coincidence. It's a God incident that, mm -hmm. you know, this happened because of God's intervention or providing, you know, someone to show up at just the right time to help you in a, you know, dangerous situation, just all of those things. And if we start looking for those, we're going to find them because the Lord wants us to find them and he wants us to thank him and love him more. And uh, he's nothing but love and mercy. He's always there for us. So I just call them things like he's tapping me on the shoulder. I use that with my kids all yes. the time, that he's just always there. And they'll go, wow, that that's really cool that this or mm -hmm. that happened. And I'll say, well, that's Jesus tapping you on the shoulder that's so that good. you you see him and you praise him and you love him more. Yes. And it's such a relationship. He wants our best. He's for us, not against us. My sister-in-law, Steve's sister and husband, 
with their family have started a Google Doc that is a God incident log where they kind of wink, wink, this was a coincidence, but really it was from God. And last week I mentioned how my husband and I were backpacking and he hit his head and was bleeding. And that night there was an EMT at the campsite. So we definitely saw God at work in his care for us. And we're just so grateful. Yes. That's beautiful. So I know what you mean. And what a great point to just be on the lookout for those, to expect God to be intervening in our lives. Right. That's, That's our faith journey is to have faith that he is and also to see it and share it with others. You know, this is what we're here for, to bring others to Christ and for us to grow closer to Christ through this life we live in. So I think the main thing that I want to share is really asking God for the gift of faith. I know that that's what I did, and then I started seeing God more, and He started giving me the gift of faith. So it's very important to let go of our selfishness or maybe just ignorance and just say, Lord, if you're there, let me know you. Come into my life. Give me more faith. Ask for those things. Because in the Bible, Jesus says in Mark 11:24, Therefore I tell you, all that you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive it, and it shall be yours. In Matthew 7, 7, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And then another one I love is John 14, 14. If you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. That's Jesus speaking. Those are his words, and Jesus doesn't lie. He is truth and full of truth. He's truth itself. So we have to claim those and just hold on to those and many, many more from the Bible that can change your life. Yes. That reminds me of the verse in Psalms, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I think one thing I really like about that verse is that it's not just anything we want, right? Oh, I want a new car today. Give it Mm -hmm. to me, Lord. It's the desires of God's heart that he wants us to have and wants to give to us. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good way to put it. it. It's God's will. You know, we're afraid to do God's will or ask for God's will because, oh my gosh, he might change that's me. That's right. He might change my yes. life. You know, oh gosh, what, what does he have in store for me? That's a little scary, but it's not. He created us and he loves us beyond anything we could ever imagine. So why are we afraid of what he might do for us or with us, you know? His will is perfect. That's great. <laughs> I think I need to be reminded of that daily because <laughs> <We all do. laughs> you know, I know he's loving, he loves me, but yet you do have to get past some of those fears and anxieties right. that are not true about God. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. You were, of course, we mentioned at Matt's birth because I knew you would have great experience and be able to help me through that. And then you were at Haley's birth. And the funny thing about that was it was time to push and the doctor was not there. And you just came over to me and whispered in my ear, you just go ahead and push because right. you knew that if I was pushing, a doctor would have to come running in. That's Someone right. was going to catch that baby. Right. And um, once it's time to push, you got to push. That's right. Not just for you, but for the baby. Yes. I mean, there's you know a lack of oxygen if you're waiting too long, and right. you were ready to go. And you know, yes. sometimes the doctor's taking his time, but. <laughs> Yes, so I so appreciated that and that you were there both times. Um, It was my pleasure. It was 
just amazing to be on the other side of, of a birth. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was so beautiful to see a new life come into the world. Yes. I also wanted to ask you about the birth of the twins. Okay. So with the twins, they were born with some complications that you weren't expecting. And what I remember is your faith and your love for those twins. And you really were an example to the doctors and the staff that were around at that time. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that and how they're doing now? They're doing great. They were our eighth and ninth children. And, you know, you think everything's going to be fine. You know, you worry a little bit like, okay, I hope this is an easy birth and everything. But we had learned when I was 20 weeks pregnant that they both had cleft lip and cleft palate. And it was so painful to find out that they had what they called a birth defect. That's what the doctor kept saying. It's a birth Mm. defect. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. And every single day during that pregnancy, I would just get this sad feeling inside of what they'd have to deal with. We researched everything, my husband and I, you know, they'd have eight specialists, you know, the ear, nose, throat specialist, the speech therapist, the surgeries they'd have to have as uh, babies, and then at a year old, and then again at 10 year old. It was overwhelming. Looking back, I think there's so many times that we shouldn't know things about our baby that's prenatal information because there's nothing you can do about many things such as this now there's others like spina bifida that they can intervene and help Mm -hmm. the baby so certain ones but I don't know it was like I wish I hadn't known that and I was grateful to God that we didn't know that the twins also had down syndrome Mm -hmm. both of them they're identical twins Mm -hmm. with down syndrome and I say I'm grateful for that because you know I was very sad and distraught about them having the cleft lip and cleft palate. I can't imagine how overwhelming it would have been to know that they would have Down syndrome and all the different things that our world is negative about toward people with this disability or other syndromes for that matter. So when they were born, we knew they'd look a little funny, but they looked so cute. They looked like they had a little mustache. Yes, they did. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It was so cute. So they were five weeks early. They were in the NICU at uh, Children's and they told us about a day or two later they were going to test them for Down syndrome. And I mean, I, I'd already held them and, and they were so precious. It was like, I didn't care. These were my babies. These were just as precious as all the other babies we had. Mm-hmm. So what if they wouldn't go to college or have that path of life that our other kids have had? I just saw them as our precious babies. They're God's children first. Mm-hmm. And we were going to be going down a different path, but their life was just as important as any other of our children or any other human being. Mm-hmm. And truly, they changed our lives. Uh, they changed the lives of our children. They are the most loving and caring and selfless people we've ever yes. met. My oldest son, who is a theologian, he has his doctorate in theology, he has said, Tommy and Jimmy are the most Christ-like people I've ever met wow. because they don't worry about money or stress about this or how do I look today or you know just all the things that are self-centered they care about other people someone is hurt they run to help them I have so much help around the house the trash is always <laughs> taken out the dishwasher is always unloaded and the laundry will be put in they love it when I say who did that I did I did it's for you mom no oh, they really my. love to make people happy Yes, yeah. they are darling. Yeah, and they've Everyone become quite them. popular. I mean, they've, yes. they've danced with Jason Mraz. Uh, yeah. They did a show with him at Spreckles. They've been in the San Diego Walk for Life in front of 
about 4,000 people. They danced and performed there, got $100 each for five minutes wow. of dancing. You know, so they have their role in this life. Yes. And that's what we have to realize with any person, with any disability or anything, God created them for a purpose. They have a right to life and can't imagine our lives without them. Yeah. They just touch so many lives yeah. around them. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, what other things would you love to share with the podcasting audience out there, Kathy? Well, I'm 65 years old, so I've had some life experiences. I think I'm learning more and more all the time, though. That miracle that happened to me was five years ago now, and it really opened my eyes. I just want to tell everybody that Jesus is closer than we think. He really is with us always. And there's so many things happening, and that's what I just want to share. And everyone, open our eyes and look for those, because if we look for them, we're going to see them. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. He loves us more than we can ever imagine, and he is tapping us on the shoulder. Matthew 28, 20 is one of my favorite verses. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. How consoling is that, Mm -hmm. that he's with us always? How can we doubt that we have a loving God who is there for us through thick and thin. So the big thing is to invite him in and he will come. That's great. I love that. So true. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy. Just love you so much and love your faith and your family. And I'm very thankful for you. Very thankful that God made us neighbors. That wasn't a coincidence way back when. (laughs) Good one. That's right. And I want to keep a journal like that. I'm going to start one. Yes. I think it's a great way to look at what God does in our lives. And when we have bad days, just open that booklet, along with the Bible, of course. But, you know, just those things that happen in our daily life, you know, Mm -hmm. not to take them for granted. Yes. And I'm also thinking of the Hebrews verse that says we can encourage each other in our faith. And you've really encouraged me today. And I'm sure everyone is listening too. So thank you. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thanks everyone for joining us. This is Ellen Bennett with the Extraordinary Lives Podcast.